time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thrivology Podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you and me learn to thrive in this world because as I'm studying how to thrive, as I'm working with people on how to thrive, I'm taking those lessons into my own life. Uh, this podcast has been going on now for a number of years. We're now in the mid-300s in the number of podcasts I've done, and now part of what I get to do every week is to think about and talk with people about thriving and what does that mean in their life. And it's kind of an interesting day for me because this is, I guess I used to refer to it as the double nickels uh, birthday for me. I'm 55 today. Today, as I record this, I'm 55 years old. 55 runs around the sun, 55 trips around the sun. And I didn't even think I traveled a lot, but we all go through this piece where, you know, a a year passes and each year passes. I always think, okay, what have I learned in this past year? What are the lessons that are looming for me? Because I really think that part of thriving is looking for the lessons, learning the lessons, taking them in, and really living them out. So I thought that for this episode, uh, given that it's my birthday, that I would think through five lessons that I've learned, five lessons in 55 years. That doesn't mean they're the only five lessons that I learned. But they struck me as I was reflecting that these are five important lessons for me, and hopefully they're important for you too. These are ones that I think have been kind of hard fault in my own life, that sometimes these lessons, and this is the thing about a lesson, sometimes I have to remind myself about this. You know, sometimes something will come up and I'll forget this lesson, but these are lessons that I can kind of return to. If you think about it, what are the chances of you or me being here right now listening to this? I mean, let's just go with you or me being here right now. Just think back about how many people had to meet at the right time. You know, your parents meeting at the right time, the grandparents meeting. Keep going back at how many generations that goes to all of those pieces lining up so that you are here and I am here at this moment. I mean, right off the bat, you know, it's it's kind of a against the odds proposition that any one of us are here, and yet here we are. And life, I think, has become much more rich and becomes more rich every year for me as I am more and more aware of how precious it is. And I learned that lesson, you know, kind of young. At the beginning of my career, I was a chaplain in the hospital setting, and I remember two lessons that stood out to me and, and these are not lessons that I'm going to talk about in the five today. So these are bonus lessons. But they were these lessons that I learned about watching people. One of those lessons was how fragile life is. You know, I would watch people come in for many different reasons and, and life would fall apart for them. They would lose their life. And so on the one hand, I realized how precious and how, how easy it is for us to lose that. Now, the other side of that, I watched how strongly people held to their life. So on the one hand, it's easy for something to go wrong. And on the other hand, how strongly we push, we hold on to get through that. And as a young guy, you know, it didn't strike me that I was vulnerable as a young person. I wasn't aware of that. That came later on. But I remember the challenges to myself of of watching people come in and and deal with their difficulties. And that probably started me 
on the thought process of what do we learn in life and, and how do we make it matter? So as I reflect on these lessons, these are the five that strike me as ones that I keep learning, keep having to be reminded of, and keep reminding myself of. And hopefully there's something in there for you too. So the first one is about other people and about ourselves. And this is a core belief of mine. And even though it's a core belief, sometimes I have to remind myself of this when I watch other people. But here it is. I believe that people do the best they can given where they are. This is one of the ways that I kind of make sure that as I'm watching other people, I have room for empathy for other people. And I also don't take a lot of things very personally because I realize where they're coming from. So let me break it down just a little bit. People do the best they can given where they are. Now, notice what I didn't say. I didn't say that people do the best they can all the time or that people are at their maximum capacity. But we are doing the best we can given where we are. You know, some days you wake up and you're feeling good and you can take on the world and things that are tough, you, you can handle. Then there are other days when we're all more fragile and react in ways that we don't mean to and lash out in ways that aren't very helpful. Well, that's kind of what I'm talking about here. That given where we are right now, in this moment, we're each doing the best we can. So if somebody's having a bad day, Sometimes I will catch their end of that bad day. And I do a lot of work with uh, relationships and trouble. And so sometimes that boils over into people being frustrated with a spouse or frustrated with me or frustrated with life. And I remind myself, they're doing the best they can given where they are. So maybe they would have done better yesterday and maybe they'll do better tomorrow. But where they are right now, we all do the best we can. I apply that to myself too. Now, this isn't a way that you can let yourself just off the hook and say, well, whatever I do, that was the best I could do. I think that we all have to say, okay, let's see if I can do a little bit better. Let's see if I can have a better day. I can react in better ways. But when I don't react the best I could, I can spend a lot of time just thinking of how horrible I am, or I can say, okay, now I need to do better. I did the best I could then, but I can do better. When we learn more, we, we can do better, right? That's Maya Angelou's thing. I did what I could then, right? But as I learn more, I do better. And so I truly believe that people do the best they can given where they are. So when I see somebody that maybe I disagree with what they think or disagree with what they're doing, I remind myself that right now they're doing the best they can given where they are. That's the beginning point in my mind of grace, of understanding, of generosity. So the first lesson I've learned in those 55 years around the sun, 55 trips around the sun, is that we do the best we can given where we are. The second thing, big, big lesson, the second big lesson in my life is that things happen. Things happen, but not to us. And things, you know, some people say, oh, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. I don't think that's the case either. Things happen. There's, there's nothing that's being done to you, but things happen. And you, you experience that. 
One of the things I've noticed is how we tend to personalize when something happens. And I remember so many times when I was in the hospital of people saying, you know, how, how could this happen to me? How could I get cancer? How could this happen to me? How could I lose this loved one? How could it happen to me? And sometimes I would have people ask the question, you know, do you believe that things happen for a reason? And my response to that is, yeah, things do happen for a reason. Something caused them to happen. But if you think of it as something being done to you to personalize that, that's not what I believe. What I do believe is that we get to choose what we're going to do about what happens to us. When I was in my mid-30s, I got sick. I've told the story a number of times, so I'm not going to go into details, but I got sick. And the doctors really thought that what I had would lead to disability. And the outcome of what I had was that eventually it would kill me at, at some point. And they were exactly right about my diagnosis, the prognosis, not so much, at least <laughs> not yet. And um, so my diagnosis being correct, you know, it was a pretty scary time. And I remember that struggle. Why me? Well, what I realized is there is no why me to this. The fact is that, you know, this is life. Things happen in life. And we get to choose what we're going to do about it, not whether something happens. So instead of asking the questions of, you know, did this happen to me? Is this being done to me? Or is this being done for me? I think the better moment is to say, this has happened. Now what? You know, given what's happened, what am I going to do from here? I find that to be a much more productive uh, use of my time. And I've come to believe that things happen for lots of different things that have to coalesce at the same time. And I think many times we want to simplify it, right? We want to make it one thing that has caused this. And rarely is that the case. When we're looking for that one thing, we have to back up to the multitude of things that happen that get us to this one place in time. So things happen. They are going to happen. I don't think it's helpful for us to personalize that with it happening to me or even for me. I don't think that's a huge shift because it still assumes that there is some conscious choice for this to be done to you. I do think there are lessons to be learned in the struggles, that we can learn a lesson, that we can decide our response when things happen. But we don't have to assign that as a blame to something that's bringing that to us. Because let's really face it, and this is lesson number three, we're not getting out of this alive. <laughs> You're not and I'm not. <laughs> There's one thing about life. It has a 100% mortality rate, right? This is just the fact of life. And so that is lesson number three. We aren't giving, getting out of this alive. So what does that matter, though? Why would that be a lesson? Well, I believe that that changes how we approach things when we're aware of that. One of the things that we humans tend to do is not pay attention to the fact that there's a clicking, a ticking clock for us. The ticking that we don't know how long, but it ticks every single day. I started thinking about, you know, what happens as we move through life. And the fact is that every day we're kind of playing the odds. 
You know, it's kind of like when you, if you go to Vegas, maybe you have a, a winning streak. You keep on winning, you keep on winning, you keep on winning, but sometimes something's going to turn up and you're going to lose. Now in Vegas, facts are that the odds are stacked against you every single time you play. I don't think that's really the case in life. The fact is every day the odds are stacked in your favor for that day, but at some point, even if the odds are stacked in your favor, your number is going to come up one day. And how many times that we pretend that's not going to be the case? That's the interesting thing to me is we, we tend to, to not notice that. We tend to not pay attention to that fact. There's a clock ticking. Each of us have a different clock. We don't know what it's going to be. After my illness, when I really didn't know how much more time I had, I realized that I needed to shift my perspective. That From now on, I'm in bonus time. <laughs> that every day that comes along is a bonus for me that I wasn't sure I was going to have. <laughs> and the question is how I'm going to spend that bonus time. And one bonus time thing I could do is just forget that it's bonus time and act like this is forever. But that's not the case. And so part of what I try to do is make sure that I make every day matter in some way, that every day I'm aware of that. The Stoics and many others have said for you know, now centuries that we need to be reflecting on the fact that we're mortal so that every day becomes significant. The Stoics used to have a saying that still is around in the ancient Stoics, I would say, but now in modern Stoics of, uh, of remember your death. In other words, remember that you're mortal, that this day matters, how you live this day matters because there aren't any do-overs. There are do-betters, right? But there are no do-overs. We don't get to keep doing Groundhog Day where we live the day over and over. But we have opportunities of doing better. And so if there's something that you maybe didn't like how you did, you can take responsibility, make some changes for that, and move forward in different ways. Sometimes I think that we're in this idea that we're in a dress rehearsal. You know, we're kind of waiting for life to start. And what I've noticed is many times with coaching clients that they keep waiting for life to start and life is passing them by. Life is happening, but they forgot that because they kept waiting for something to come along that would finally indicate that life is happening, that life is, has started now. You know, there's something that has to happen rather than saying, I'm going to live life now. I have today. And to keep doing that, to have the day and each day matter. Yeah, I talked about this in another podcast episode about a person that uh, had, uh, had a fairly long uh, chaplain relationship in the hospital. She'd been diagnosed with cancer, and I remember being with her from diagnosis until death uh, over a series of, series of times when she would come in for treatment. And the last days of her life, uh, she told me a couple of things just in her last breaths of, you know, to make it matter. And the make it matter was the lesson of how you take each day as being important as something to live out because you don't know how many of those you're going to have. So lesson number three, we aren't getting out of this alive. 
which is why lesson four is so important. That in the end, relationships are what matter. I spend a lot of time with a lot of coaching clients who you know, kind of realize too late in the game that what mattered was not their income in the bank, was not their bank account, was not their investments, was not their business, but were the relationships around them. I've never had anybody on their deathbed tell me that they regretted not making more money. But I've had a lot who told me that they regretted not investing in the relationships in their life, not investing in their significant relationships, their spouse, their significant other, their kids, their family, their friends, the community, that that is what they regretted. Because the relationships are what really matter, what define us. What we leave behind are the connections with people. So relationships matter. This past year has taught us that because we had to pull away from relationships to keep people safe, to keep ourselves safe. And so that lesson is much more clear even now, this year, that relationships are what matter. And to make the effort, to put the investment into the relationships is what matters in life. Now you'll have to decide which relationships, I have to decide which relationships need my investment. But it's the relationships that matter. That's what define us. We are relationship creatures. And so we have to make sure that we attend to what really matters, the relationships. Which brings us to my last lesson that I want to share, my fifth lesson. Fifth lesson lesson in 55 years. Your mission is to find your purpose. My mission in life is to find my purpose and then live it out. I do believe that you and I have a mission here, a purpose here. And that purpose is what's going to give us meaning. That purpose is what's going to make a difference in our lives. That purpose is what's going to make a difference in the world. And the task of life is to figure out that purpose. Sometimes it eludes us for a long time. And sometimes people give up on looking. But your purpose is why you're here. The purpose is a combination of yours and my specific gifts, the ones that we each have differently, and how we bring that into the world. I think our task is to ask the question, how can I leave this world a better place than I found it? How can I leave it a better place than I came into it? Now, that doesn't mean we have control over everything in the world. It may be a small place that we can make a difference. But we can all make that difference. I think that's why we're here, to make that difference, to learn our own lessons, to love people, to accept them where they are, to recognize that there's some bad things and good things that are going to come our way that we're going to have to figure out how to deal with, to recognize that the clock is ticking, that we only have so much time to carry out that purpose, to make that difference. And that where we make that purpose and that difference is always going to somehow bring us back to relationships. So what's your purpose? What's your mission? My task is to find my purpose, to find my mission. I would also love to hear from you about what lessons you've learned in your years here. And it doesn't matter how many or how few, 
We all have lessons that we've learned along the way. Some of the lessons hold us back. Some take us forward. Hopefully the ones that I've shared today are ones that can take us all forward, but I would also love to hear about your lessons. What have you learned in your years? Drop me your lessons. Send them to me at lee at thriveology.com. That's lee at thriveology.com. Send me the lessons in your life and maybe questions you have about thriving. I'd love to hear them as we move forward and continue our discussions about how you learn to thrive. If this has been helpful, I would love it if you would share this episode with other people and even go, if you would, and leave a review for me wherever you listen to the podcast. There's usually a way of leaving a review that helps other people find it. And it also helps me to see what's important to you. So let me know what that is by sending me a message at lee at thriveology.com or leave it in your review. But I wish you the best as you continue to work to build your thriving life. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.